by gang. They will hang you for looking at them wrong. What did you do? What did you just do? It's me and you now. We're not gonna make it. first good evening or good morning or good afternoon whenever you choose to listen to this i don't know why i start all my podcasts like that it's really ridiculous um but this is fear the walking dead cast the technically second episode since we've become a real show um but we are recapping tonight season two episode nine of fear the walking dead and uh, joined once again by my uh awesome co-host beth and brian hughes thanks for joining me guys hello hello Hey, I thought I was supposed to say that. Okay. <laughs> Hi, then. everybody. <laughs> it's all right. Hola a todos. Is yeah, that better? That's much better, yeah. So we all right. Could have as much no, Spanish as we can, can get in this uh, episode, actually. I kind of get like Gomez Adams when she starts talking Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel Excuse that. me for a minute. I got to go kiss her arm. Yeah. No, got me, yeah. Tish spoke French. Yeah, I'm the same way about uh, <laughs> accents and other languages myself. So, um, well, we got, got accents to talk about tonight, don't we? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And uh, <laughs> there's some very funny stuff with with Nick being yelled at frequently in Spanish, probably not knowing what anyone's saying to him, but he just kind of follows people around like a puppy. Uh, but this uh, episode is called Los Muertos. And speaking of Spanish, I actually have to, before I forget, apologize to Beth for last episode that I actually made a comment that she is, you know, might be third generation Brujo, and it should have been third generation Bruja because of the <laughs> A and O and the, the female and male thing in Spanish and other European languages. And after four years of Spanish, I, I should have known that, and I apologize. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> While we're on the subject of apologies, though, I do one myself, and that also goes to Beth and, and anybody else that, that cares to take it. You know, we, we've been talking a lot about the theory of uh, Nick and also Rick and others being the walking dead themselves and the fact that we thought that they'd yeah. died and all that and, and, and you know, come back in, in, in their first shows. And you know, it, it came off as my theory here, and really, oh, no, 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 but no, that's really originated. You you, you tried to take on the credit for it, but we all knew it was best. <laughs> no, you can't fool us, man. <laughs> no, I know you're the one that mentioned you had it on imdb.com. So, yeah, yeah, but but she's been the one trumpeting it since well before this season, actually, too. So. And, and it may be confirmed in this episode. I was so excited. I'm like, "What? Are they fucking listening to us? This is awesome!" Yeah, but I, I <laughs> now I actually did come up with the theory before Beth did. Uh, after watching this episode, something something that uh, we'll talk about once we get there. Okay, cool. Very cool. Uh, I appreciate that, honey, so so much. I really do. Yeah. On the very first episode of The Walking Dead. I turned to Brian and I gave him this theory that I believed that when Rick died and he managed to come back to life, that he is the cure. That's why so often 
he is the walking dead and not the dead walking. Yeah. And I stick to that so firmly. And when Carl died, he also ended up getting his blood and is now also the walking dead, the cure. Well, we have multiple records of it now, so if that starts becoming the case in both shows, then I think we need to start demanding some oh, royalties I, I, or something. I, I, I'm going to throw another wrinkle your way here in just a little bit. Okay. Oh, but, yeah, uh, it'll, be, it'll be pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Um, okay. Nick awakes and goes exploring in La Colonia, and he's surprised to see the market empty. He walks towards the wall and discovers that everyone is gathered, as you said, for Mexican breakfast. Uh, gathered by the wall where a bus is set up is kind of a gate, um, and there's walkers all around the place, like kind of a moat. And a little girl is there crying, and Nick uh, tries to comfort her and ask what's wrong, and she just says, my papa. As soon as it's obvious that papa is essentially going to sacrifice himself to the herd, and they have uh, the townspeople are chanting something in Spanish, which... Our resident Spanish speaker, what was that phrase they were yelling exactly? I know they said it again at the end. It's from, like, from death we become, or we come, and to death we go, or something like that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And what I found interesting about that whole thing is I don't think that, I think that they might have used this little girl's real dad and edit the scenes with this, with the guy that was there. Yeah. Because this little girl pushes Nick away. Yeah. Like she didn't want him to hold her. And that all seemed so authentic it along did. with her crying. Yeah. I just so thought I, Nick gave her the creeps. Well, you know? <laughs> yeah. That, that could definitely happen. Well, he wasn't in full blood makeup for a change. So I, that definitely wasn't it. But. Nick could be seen as a you know creepy guy occasionally. He's just he's kind of thin and he kind of looks like he's dead. Most he's got time. a creepy walk. Yeah, yeah. He's got a creepy talk. <laughs> well, I don't know whether to take it creepy or not that he always seems to have this thing for children. Right. You know I don't whether think that, it's yeah. comforting them or really understanding them. They comfort him. Watching uh, kids comforts him. It's you know he I loves I can, the innocence. I can speak to this in experience, and, and luckily I doubt any of my family members will ever listen to one of my podcasts. So I'll I'll throw a little personal shit out there. But I identify with Nick and his relationship with his father, and mm-hmm. I think that's translated to me being very good with kids. You know, hopefully not to a creepy level. Hopefully I haven't made anyone feel like that with their kids. <laughs> but, um, and I don't think it always has to be creepy uh, yeah. just because, you know, a guy gets along really well with kids. Um, my son's godfather, Frank Canapa, is really great with kids. My kids love him to death, you know, and there's nothing creepy about how much he he gets along with kids. Right, and Nick is a very childlike character, and I, you know, probably would be accused of that myself, you know, a 48-year-old man who loves video games, so, you know, like, when I had a stepson, I guess I still have a stepson, technically, but when he was in my life, and, like, into video games and Pokemon, I could sit there with him and just get into it and (laughs) enjoy it almost as much as he does, but, so, yeah, it's always been easy for me to relate to kids and, and take kids in to my heart, you know, as if they were my own, even if, you know, since they weren't, because I don't have any of my own kids, but, 
I think that goes back to your relationships and you know you you tend to try to fix what was done wrong to you you know when you deal with other people I think a lot you either become the same monster or you try to become better and hopefully people like Nick and me have become better so yeah. there's your depressing family time tangent from what we were doing but you, um, you know what I say about Nick is that he looks at kids and sees them as uncomplicated by life yeah yeah and which, innocent and he loves that he he could just sit there and drink in that that innocence and all and yeah i think that's why he he likes kids and he because he connects with them we've seen it you know in the previous episodes last season with the kids he yeah. he does you know connect with them really well and he can he deals with them really well that's a great description because I think that's what it does for me too, and it makes it makes you feel younger. I mean, and you said uncomplicated innocence, mm-hmm. it kind of rejuvenates you a little bit, you know, especially if your life is complicated and not innocent like Nick's. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, as you said, Beth, she kind of runs away from him, and and we we find out that uh, well, he actually he is able to kind of comfort her after Daddy gets chomped, and he tries to make her look away. Um, back from the break, we uh, we go to the the titles there, and back from the break, we find the the Madison Strand team searching in vain for Nick and Travis with no luck, and with some prodding, Madison agrees that they should head back to the boat. And here's where I'm going to start raging a little bit. Um, well, after this one, we we bounce back to the compound. This show is like a this show is like a friggin' tennis match, man. They just like they would do like ten seconds of one group and then blop right back over to the other one <laughs> but you know it's okay but in the compound alejandro is treating an old man who is wounded the man tells him he should probably save the medicine because he won't be around long but alejandro gives him a shot anyway that's something we should remember mm-hmm. we bounce back to the other um group who have reached the water to discover that the abigail is gone stupid move showrunners is in my notes here and Note to self, change the show graphic to something without a boat in it, apparently. So no more fun on the water for us, uh, apparently. No more floaters. No, I don't think we've seen the last of the boat. I hope so. And I'll bet you, I will bet you, it is not whatever military, whatever he thought had it. Yeah. I will bet you it's Alex. And I I think we're going to see the boat. We're going to see Alex. And it's going to be one of those things that helps bring the group back together. I, I hope so. I mean, I can see why they might have had to do away with it because filming on the water in a boat and stuff has got to be a lot more expensive than filming on land. Yeah. Let me uh, ask you. I know. Though, just yeah. Though the opening when when Nick wakes up and he walks out and when you first see him walking out amongst the the area before you see the guys on the wall, did you think that everybody was had? Like something had happened and everybody was gone again. You know, it had crossed like my mind. Walkers had run over the thing. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like I, I'm sitting there and I, I missed the first two guys on the wall because they were off in the distance. And when he got closer to the other wall, I said, "Okay, there's people there." And then you realize, yeah, okay, it's just early morning. But I, of course, right. I think it was set up that way to make you think. Well, oh yeah, because I mean the happened. previous previous episode was basically ended him walking out into the market and seeing how bustling and busy it was so yeah it was definitely intended now, to make us where, worry a little bit where 
are they planting the carrots and the tomatoes and the other things that they have there? Because the colony or whatever, whatever you want to call it, doesn't look that big to be able to have fields to do that. Well, I well, just he, think it's up on the hills somewhere. Yeah. He walked quite a distance to get to that wall, though. I think they, I think they did a good job of showing it was fairly big area. Mm. Uh, true, true. Because he did take a nice little stroll through the empty streets. Um, so yeah, off screen, you know, they got to be on it. unless they're getting it from the the apocalypse mart. You know, maybe they have a good produce section we didn't see. I, I know that we should be seeing a lot more oranges than we're seeing. Yeah, you, one would think we'd get some more tropical fruits down there, you know. Um, but who knows? That, you know, might be the first thing people scarf up. Or at least in Mongols. <laughs> uh, and, you know, depending on, you know, we, we always have to think about it's been about two months, and um, despite the inexplicable hot water running at the hotel later, um, you know, it probably isn't a lot of refrigerators working. Or I couldn't understand why there wouldn't be electricity, though. It's only two months in, and just because there isn't anyone at the plant right, doesn't mean that it wouldn't be running for at least, you know, a year maybe even. I, I wouldn't think that Mexico's infrastructure, especially on border towns, is going to be very robust. And is, that yeah. the moment that someone leaves the station, you're talking about days, not weeks or months, before power fails. And it's not like they're going to have a huge surplus unless they're pulling something from us. Yeah. Well, that's what I wondered. Maybe they're – I mean, I know Canada's grid is somewhat tied to ours too. Yeah, but you know – at least parts of it. There have been a number yeah. of documentaries and shows on where they've shown what would happen – to society, how quickly things would fall apart yeah. if man yeah. wasn't there, and you know the things that that run our infrastructure would be very quickly the first things to go without anybody to regulate, mo- you know, and maintain. Yeah, um, I would think. Yeah. So it, it it doesn't makes it doesn't surprise me uh, if if there's not power now. When there is power, I'm sitting there wondering how is that possible? It can't be a generator. Or you know something running off gas like we have with the guy at the CDC because there's just a limited amount that they can keep on site to keep it going. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, and 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 uh, the hot water would be from some form of boiler system too. The way that's usually done in hotels. And so it takes a lot to keep that stuff running all the time. This is the reason we need to develop air, uh, you know, wind power, in my opinion. Right. Uh, or to be able to use the waves of the ocean. Yeah. Solar roadways, my friend. That's the wave of the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true, too. Anyway, uh, moving on. Well, but I hope you guys are right about the boat because I just, I really liked going into the show. I really loved that that would be the dynamic and, and to have it. I did, too, and they didn't stay to that very long. No, you just, and I. You just want to play the Gilligan's Island theme again. Yeah. Why? 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 everybody likes ginger. That's what really made it different from the other one, though. I mean, more than, you know, even the location is just being in a different, you know, and as Beth was saying, I think last episode, that it was the the claustrophobia of being on a boat together was kind of a nice dynamic, too. Um, Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you get the same thing trapped in a building together, I guess, but it's you don't have anywhere to go off a boat, so... True, true. You know, either stick it out and get along with the people you're with, or, you know, you don't have any 
that many more rooms you can go escape to. <laughs> what I loved about that idea, though, was having a some psycho kid on the boat. You have nowhere yeah. to go but to deal with this kid yeah, or die. See a burial at sea for young Christopher eventually. <laughs> Look at the dolphins, Chris. Not the flowers. Look at the dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's still coming, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so no more fun on the water. Something if uh, if the stepmom was to do it. Um, gosh, what's her name? Stepmom. Oh yeah, Maddie. Maddie. Maddie yeah. Thank yeah. you. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, um, wouldn't it be great if she was the one to look at the make dolphins. him look at the no. dolphins? She could do it. Madison's definitely. Uh, probably one of the harder people it might be alicia alicia stepped up as the hard one in this episode um and and, and and here's another creepy thing for me if i could go back in time i would be after that woman if i could go back and be 20 years old that's that's my girl right there but <laughs> interesting <laughs> who which which oh, alicia 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 she's, she's got her shit together she can survive uh, the apocalypse um, well, she's trying to okay. keep everyone together. I, I've got, but. I've got, you know. Well, no, no, I'm not going to bring it up now. I will wait till Beth gets to bring up her point on this, okay. and then I've got a point to make. But we've got to move. We'll move along and see how it goes. Well, but, at least just kind of keeping everyone together because Ophelia starts, you know, says something suicidal when the the boat is gone. She's like, we should just all walk into the ocean. And that would yeah, be some shit if Ophelia she goes go? and kills herself, yeah. commits some sort of suicide, and then what happens if her dad comes back? Right, yeah. Well, it's almost like they're leaning that way, and, and we're definitely given kind of a red herring later on to, to think that she, a big red herring, and a very effective one, I might add, to think that she may have done it. Um but uh, Alicia kind of takes charge and, and kicks them all in the ass and says, we need to find some shelter. And she's the one that noticed the hotel. And she gives mom a little perspective on Nick. He was like, oh, he always comes home. And Alicia's like, we ain't got a fucking home anymore, mom. It's you and me now, whether you like it or not. That's the exact quote. Right. And um, mm-hmm. so she kind of throws a little cold water in Maddie's face and gets the group moving. They arrive at the large hotel, which we call the Overlook, just because. Um, they scope out and see if there's any large walker groups roaming around outside of it, um, whatever, and there isn't. But back at the compound, uh, Nick finds that they are running dangerously low on water, and Lucinda, I think it is, um, tells them still in Spanish that they have work to do. And I, I just think it's hilarious that everyone's just speaking to him in Spanish and whether he you know, understands them or not. Which I, I suspect uh, he'll Nick will learn Spanish a lot better, you know, pretty quickly here because he'll need to. Strand and company have to break into the hotel, which probably should have been the first red flag that there might still be walkers inside. Um, Strand starts being stupid immediately and starts ringing the desk bell, um, <laughs> probably mostly to see if they would rouse any, you know, large groups. You know, it's a good kind of test to see if there's any large herds wandering around, but no one's no one comes to check them in. Lucinda employs uh, an interesting method to get uh, walker blood uh, camo by basically crucifying a walker and slitting his throat. 
Now, I was worried about a little inconsistency. Now, these are obviously fresher walkers than we're seeing in The Walking Dead now because mm-hmm. The Walking Dead is like several years down the line. So a lot of these guys are still pretty ripe, so I guess they would still bleed like that. But I had a little problem with, you know, full arterial spray coming out of something that's been dead for a couple months. Or I said maybe this is one of the more fresher ones. Right, it only being a couple years. But how about this shit? That they put it on, and they don't even put it on enough, but yet no. they're able to walk through this damn crowd of people. Well, Nick covers himself fairly well, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, when they're walking, when they're in the street, and a couple of the walkers are behind them, yeah. if you look at their clothes and their face, there is hardly any blood. Yeah, Lucinda barely puts any on at all. She's like, you know, a little blush on the cheeks, that's all I need, you know, so. Maybe and she's then, just more experienced with it. Maybe they don't need as much as we've been led to believe before. But or she, yeah, did, she doesn't bathe as often as Nick does. <laughs> yeah, I, I think maybe that, that is a little plot hole. And I think she actually even said something about that on the Talking Dead afterwards. That that she kind of got yelled at. You know that the, the makeup department didn't bloody her up enough. Right. Know, she was grossed out by it, but that she's gonna have to get a little dirtier in the future. Well, if they didn't bang that into our heads over the course of The Walking Dead, then we'd be able to buy it. But because they, I mean, just slathered it all over them in order to walk through, especially Michonne, teaching that you had to do that in order to walk through a herd of walkers, they don't they don't exercise this in this particular show. So. Yeah, it's one of the things they've been a little sloppy about. Um, well, even, about. even the dead look different than what they've appeared on The Walking Dead even from the beginning. Yeah, and a bit. It's almost less threatening, it seems. Yeah, well, as I said, I guess they're, they're fresher, technically. Um, mm-hmm. But even in the, the first episode of our first season of Walking Dead, they were all still pretty kind of moldy and falling apart. And I'm still kind of bugged about, you know, that they send, you know, when somebody gets, you'll see somebody get ripped to pieces, literally, well, by a bunch of walkers, and then all of a sudden they're a walker, but they're not really torn apart anymore. So that's kind of weird and the thing kind is, of sloppy. The, the human body decomposes real quickly. You know, the moment yeah. that a person dies, you know, they've got to they've got to work fast. Um, you know, however they're going to do it, they're going to preserve or, or you know, bomb it or, or whatever. They've got to they've got to work fast. But the body goes to a state of rigor mortis, and then it goes you know goes beyond that, and it, it starts breaking down really really quick. So I'm not. Is it probably better that we don't ask how you know all this? Or? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Nothing to see I, here. I, Move I, along. I, I that's that's so how committed to excellence. Right now. <laughs> that's how committed to excellence we are on this show, folks. We have actual death experts on the panel that that know how body decomposes. So, there you go. That's so what you're paying for. I learned it all from Star Trek. Sleep tonight. <laughs> I learned it all from Star Trek. Babe, you know I love you, right? Sure, I love you too. Please let me sit in my old bed. 
Well, while walking with far too much guts on them, Lucinda explains uh, the earlier sacrifice that Nick viewed, and, and she gives Nick a little of their wacko philosophy about the dead, which sounds, um, you know, eh, very apocalyptic and kind of biblical. And we get into more about that later. But she tells Nick that Alejandro was bitten, but did not turn, and Nick is understandably skeptical. Um, bounce back to the hotel like a fucking tennis match this episode. Uh, despite her protestations, Alicia leads the group with Ophelia, tells Madison basically to go fuck herself again, um, to check the other rooms for supplies, and Strand talks Madison into having a drink, and we know that's going to end well. Lucinda and Nick arrive at the storehouse market, Apocalypse Mart, we'll call it, which is controlled by a Mexican drug gang. They trade for some water and other supplies and are allowed to go shopping, whatever fits in one cart. Okay, now i got to slow you down for just a minute, Scott, because okay. I, I want you to think about this. In sure. what fucking world are they living in where they would separate in a place that they have not cleaned out yet? And yeah, I don't know. She um, is so fearful that her husband and her stepson are running around in this type of environment, but yet it's okay that they're going to let their daughter get out, or she's going to let her daughter get out from under her wing and just go and load up her bag. I mean, what the hell is this? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like the whole splitting up thing, but at the same time, I I understood the whole daughter trying to get away from her, <laughs> you know, to well, go to go on her own with Ophelia. I, I I yeah, I saw that and I understood that. But yeah, they needed to clear the hotel before. You know, they needed to make sure what was clear before they. Well, split that was up. a little sloppy too, because Alicia says, you know, it's like, oh, we checked all the rooms and all the hallways, and there's nobody roaming around here. Blah blah blah. And so you think it's safe, but obviously we learn later that it's not safe. Um, but but hey, I mean, again, someone I, left. Someone left some. You know, the, the do not disturb. It told everything yeah. he needed to know. Yeah, for the most, part. Who, most the the hotel version of dead inside on the door. Um, uh, but, yeah. But again, I think we're seeing it's a continued dynamic of of Madison, despite the fact that. She has, and it's still kind of inconsistency characters, inconsistent characterization in that. But maybe not really. But Madison's still trying to hold on to that parent thing, considering you know she just lost one kid basically, um, and Alicia's just kind of all about business and be like, look, I'm not. You can't treat me like your little girl anymore. We're all survivors now, and I'm going to go do what needs to be done. Um, so as I said, I, I respect Alicia's strength and and. You know, Madison's got to kind of get on board. I don't know. Madison, you know, Alicia's the the smart one in the group, and everyone else in this group is just being freaking stupid in this episode. Yeah, you know, (laughs) but but in in regards to the Madison-Alicia thing, you know, as a parent, you see your kid more plainly than than anyone does. And unfortunately, that that brings about it a... uh, you you see what you you're gonna think are the flaws or the the failings, mm-hmm. you know when your kid you know doesn't make their bed right or doesn't clean up right or, or you know it doesn't isn't thorough enough on something or whatever and you think they're just like that all the time, and so she doesn't want to let her go because she knows that she's like that so she doesn't think that she's self sufficient enough, yeah but at the same time when she's with her. 
she's you know always you know you've got to be more so it, it it's it's double-edged sword but i'm getting the feeling that there's a parallel between you know nick's lack of a relationship with his father and alicia having a lack of a relationship with her mother that i don't think madison necessarily knows her daughter all that well and that i think that she gravitated towards nick you know, after her husband died and, and he was always the problem child, Alicia took care of herself. You and know. that came yeah. to statement, yeah. I've been doing it for half my life. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was kind of very telling. And and so I think she's trying to kind of project her, her protectiveness that she usually has for Nick onto Alicia, and Alicia's not having it. She's like, look, I've been taking care of myself for a while, now you got to let me keep doing it, you know. Right. You know, you know, stash your mother shit where the sun don't shine because this is not the place now. <laughs> the place was a year ago and, you know, there weren't zombies everywhere. Right. <laughs> so. But, uh, oh, anyway, they, um, we're back at Apocalypse Cheers. Uh, Stranded Victor are drinking and bonding and we find out that Madison is originally from Alabama and they start drinking tequila. It's always a great idea in the Apocalypse. And how about that comment? Which the one comment is that he would have asked her out. Oh, right, or yeah. would have hit on her. Yeah, well, you I know, get, I always I knew that, that yeah. this guy was bisexual. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. <laughs> and that his ex-lover... I'm a seducer of people. Or, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That this ex-lover was just a... a, a means how do I want to, to say this? A he means was, to an end. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Most maybe. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And and now I'm shipping those two. Those, those two have to get together, in my opinion, now. <laughs> I I second that emotion, and yeah. that's exactly what came out of my mouth to Brian. Yeah. They're going to end up getting together. Yeah, got to. Someone's got to be having sex in the apocalypse. Hey, Travis, uh, what you doing with that gun? <laughs> yeah, well, oh. Travis ain't in the picture right now, is he? <laughs> and they didn't even exactly leave on the greatest of terms anyway. No. Yeah. Or how about Nick and, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of what her name is. The Mexican Kate Beckinsale. The badass woman, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you said that last week and it went right over my head, uh, Brian, but yeah, props for that because she does look like Kate Beckinsale quite a bit. Is uh, her name Elizabeth Rodriguez? No. Uh, Um, No, that's not her. Is it Danny Garcia? Oh, yeah, Deny. She has the same name as Michonne. So Deny. Like, oh, interesting. Okay. But I could see those two getting together and kicking it. Oh, yeah. A I little think, more than a walk yeah, I think to the grocery store. I think we'll definitely get there with those two, yeah. Yeah, but she's she's Luciana. Yeah, Luciana. Luciana. Okay, yeah. I've been calling her Lucinda, right. haven't I? Luciana. Luciana. Okay. But did you see the way she looked Lucinda at Nick whenever... Lucinda is the stupid American version of that. Yeah. The, the thing <laughs> is, we saw a preview for the, the second half of the season. And yeah. it, it was it was uh, Nick kissing, and it was either Luciana or Ophelia. Because oh, okay. you, you know, you could you, I couldn't tell because it was like uh, in the small square as AMC yeah. was getting ready to show something else. They always, they always put the previews in the small square in the corner. And so you could, probably all you saw was like him kissing and black hair and yeah. Yeah. So. so you couldn't tell if it was Luciana or Ophelia. Right. But did you see the way that Luci- Luciana looked at him yeah. when he gave the little girl the treat that he got in trouble for? Yeah. 
So, yeah, there's something brewing there well, on her side. I haven't seen it from him yet. When when yeah. they had the whole, you know, incident that we haven't gotten to yet, um it it it's apparent there that she's already seen something because you you're not going to sit there and speak up for somebody or or repeat what they say, you know, to save save their butt. Yeah, you know, in a situation like that, because she could stand to lose everything. Oh yeah, yeah. and it, for her to sit there and repeat it means that you know, she's already seen something she likes. Yeah, sure. Well, to him surviving. Yeah. Was her seeing something she liked? Yeah, yeah. That's he why they kind of let him in in the first walkers. place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's even you know. She, even though she stood there at the top of the hill and said, "No, leave him alone." It stayed in the back of her mind. Oh, yeah. Who knows? They could think he's like a prophecy. They could think he's like the freaking Messiah or something. It's like, there will come a man who walks with the dead. And, you know, it could definitely go that way with this group. That's true. <laughs> anyway, um, Ophelia and Alicia discover there are some infected in the hotel, and they find a guy hanging in the shower. Um, and so they do some scavenging, and, you know, they do a little thoughtful thinking about, uh, you know, why this guy, or Alicia's like, why would this guy kill himself? And, and, you know, Ophelia's like, why wouldn't he, you know? And Alicia's like, no, you survive, you push on. So, I mean, she's, you know, definitely the strong one with her head in the right place. And Ophelia is just doom and gloom, and, and Strand and Maddie even, well, Strand kind of seems a little doom and gloom. He's being very reckless. Um, back at Apocalypse Mark, Nick decides he needs a package of cupcakes and Ophelia, or Ophelia but Luciana says no. Back to the hotel. I should have just like broke this up in the two plot, you know, the two groups and done them together, but I'm an idiot that way. Um, the hotel inexplicably has hot water. Ophelia is feeling down. Alicia is trying to stay optimistic. Back to Nick, he takes the cupcakes anyway and almost gets his hand cut off for his troubles, but managed to use his junky knowledge powers to barter for <laughs> more water for the compound's oxy. Wow. <laughs> That's what it came it. down to, like, junky knowledge power. <laughs> it's like, I, I can tell you people are jonesing for, for opiates, and I know where to get some, so listen to me. Yep. Hey, you use what you got. Why not? <laughs> that is Nick, so great. In my opinion, Nick really should have lost his hand. If this if this guy was like hardcore drug cartel, you know, Mexican cartel, I think he would have been like, yeah, whatever, chop. <laughs> he he <laughs> wasn't cartel. He was poser cartel. <laughs> okay. I, you know, they yeah. weren't wearing the uniforms. So yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was he he wants everybody to think he's cartel, but not nah, he's not cartel. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they score more water. Uh, they're two carts full, and they're on their merry way, and uh, and completely devoid of any walker camo at this point. You know, they're like both completely clean now, and apparently have no problems getting home. But whatever. Uh, Madison and Strand continue to drink and bond, and some significant flirting by Victor, as we were talking about earlier, who presumably goes both ways. I am a seducer of people. And, and well, he his, could be a try. A try yeah, guy. Try anything, <laughs> sure. <you know. laughs> well, it's that could be very dangerous in this world. Try anything. 
get real lonely yeah. some nights and those walkers start looking good. You, you really shouldn't <laughs> go for that. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, I, I'm not going to eat for a week now. <laughs> Strand tries to assure uh, Madison that Nick is still alive, and she starts talking about how he always is traveling towards death and that he has his father's darkness in him. And finally we get the confirmation, and what I said last week, thank you very much, that Nick's dad uh, said that he commi- had committed suicide and did the old cross the center line while driving thing. Are we all on board with that, or are we still the conspiracy theorists that Madison had him off somehow? No, three points for Scott. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it was Madison that told the story. Well, okay, true. Man, no trust. Damn, no you trust. Can't win, Scott. <laughs> no, it's, it's not Scott. Scott has a well-formed, lucid, cogent argument there. However, (laughs) we're dealing with TV writers, okay, that want to give us a twist every other week. And so you cannot hold it past them that they're they're holding a a twist on that. I still think Madison killed somebody, but I I don't think it was her husband at this point. I don't know. I, I still think she has some really dark spot in her past, but... I, I think this one's straight up, and I think it, I think it connects with Nick and his his mindset. And I think it's a you know it, depression can be genetic. So I mean, there's and and so can drug abuse. So Wait. and she's alluded to the fact that she was an addict too. Um, early in the first season, so mm-hmm. um, I'm still uh, thinking that that's that's going to play out like that. Uh, plus, I, I just don't see the value in in that being her secret at this point. I don't see. I, I guess it would shake things up between her and Nick, but who knows if they'll ever even well, see each other Especially if they have a relationship or yeah. end up sharing a relationship. Yeah. It, it could really be one hell of a scene between those two where they could take it. Yeah. And it would be very interesting if they went that way with it. Well, I'm going to claim victory for the time being anyway. Until <laughs> I'm proven otherwise. I'm giving you the three points, okay, Scott? Right. I'll concede from the floor right here. But... Oh, so he's saying he's giving you two. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll take it. <laughs> no, it's more of a free throw. Speaking of free throws, uh, Madison and Strand start getting really stupid, and Madison starts throwing shot glasses across the room, and Strand plays a broken piano. Um, very badly, and I don't know if he would have done it much better if it was in tune. I love that. Uh, I, I was sitting there when when he sat there and gets to the piano, and you're just thinking, oh, he's going to start playing Brahms or Mozart or he's yeah, singing whatever, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's just crap. And oh, kind of bad though. Like, the piano never would go out of tune that badly in like two months. It play still would have been playable. And slow it way down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, because. These people were like bumblebees just falling off. Oh, yeah. Beautiful uh, rain of walkers. Yep. Yes, oh, rain man. of walkers. I mean, boy, were they. Speaking of which, I, I think you should follow the show with It's Raining Men. We could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Absolutely>. Hallelujah. I'm going to make a note of that. <laughs> I'm sure Victor has danced at a club to that song as well, somewhere down the line. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, anyway, Alicia gets out of the shower to find Ophelia gone, and, and we think she may have offed herself, and I gotta hand it to the, the showrunners on this one, that I thought the first one fallen was her. 
Yeah, you know, me too. Me too. She's looking she's looking over the deck and all of a sudden it's just like ah! <laughs> and like, holy shit, she jumped and, and then we see that it wasn't her. At least we don't right. think it was and uh multiple walkers are climbing over their balconies to go enjoy the music that Victor's playing. And uh some of them I think some of them maybe got up a little too easily after some of the falls. You know, they oh, probably yeah. should have gone a little bit. I do too. Beth was just uh, you know, Beth, Beth fussed about it, several things here at this point. You know, the walkers getting up way too easily from from that. Uh, some of them did. Some of them kind of broke, and then you saw their legs go crunch. But you know, well, yeah, far too many of them survived that. But there was two more unbelievable points about this whole section right here. Number two, and Beth pointed this out to me really, really quick. Alicia gets out of the shower. She's toweled off, and everyone walking out. Where did she get the makeup? Because that makeup was on perfect. <laughs> yeah. okay. How in the hell does she do that? Yeah. In her contract. Right, right. But see, right? here's, here's the, the, the young actor. She's got to keep up appearances. So here's the third complaint, all right? So here you've got Luciana and Alicia and Ophelia and Maddie, and all of them got the makeup going, and they're looking, they're looking pretty and everything, even maybe with a little blood on their face, whatever. And yet they put Alicia in the ugliest granny pants that we've ever seen. You know, why, <laughs> why, aren't, why aren't they just getting her in some jeans or something like everybody else? I mean, that was some sick stuff. Gee, man, I didn't even notice what pants she was wearing, and I thought I was the one with the crush on her. But They almost uh, look like um, <laughs> string pants that are joggers, but they're suede almost. They look kind of microfiberish, yeah. Almost, and you tie them at the top, crushed like velvet, joggers. Yeah, it's almost like crushed velvet. You want to be kind of loose and stuff in the, you know, loose breathing. They, yeah, they were loose. That you need to run the in. They were just yeah. ugly loose. Yeah, they didn't look good on her. Unfortunately, they weren't very becoming. And she's but, such a beautiful girl, you know. But she was badass. They they need to show what she's working with is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. You know, as much as it'll make me a creepy old man, I'm all for that. <laughs> but uh, but actually, she was badass, man. And she did the one thing that a lot of people in this universe don't do when she realized the zombies were closing in and shit. The girl put her hair back and, like, got ready. You know, she was like, I got to get ready. And long hair is a bad thing. Um, you know, it gets grabbed and... You know, so she's on point, man. That, that girl is a badass. Right, I'm right. Loving what they're doing. With the what's character. what's the first rule about doors in a crisis situation? You do not just open them. Yeah, no, especially you know, you give a listen first at least. You yeah. know, it's not like not like we've populated this world with silent zombies or anything. You kind of you know listen at the door. You know, get the glass if you need to, and you know. Uh, see if there's anything oozing underneath from gaping wounds. You know, always a good call. Um, but still, I, I, I'll give her points for the hair thing. But, <laughs> uh, I, I think we're going to see Alicia, you know, be a, a serious badass next episode and fight her way out of things and probably go rescue her stupid mother. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, what the hell were they thinking? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Alicia assured him that the, the hotel was clean, even though Maddie didn't believe her at first, but... You know, you get that tequila going, and all kinds of bad shit can happen. I know. And as far I've as heard, the, I've read. As I've far read. as the accent goes, I can attest. Um, I worked a long time to get rid of the accents that I have, and 
because I've got um, from you know forty years of being in Texas and yeah. uh, a, a number of years being up in Boston. Um, yeah. When I get drunk or really really tired, I, I have difficulty talking about parking the car. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I also can ease right on to that southern accent. It just yeah, comes I can out never tell, I'm, man. You sound just like me, as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah. I, I worked hard to go midwestern because, like mm-hmm. again, you know, as, as, as we talked about earlier, I uh, had uh, considered a career in broadcast journalism. Right. Yeah. So I and that is preferred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, southern states love hiring northern people because of that. You know. Yep. Just. Where I probably should have gone searching for another radio job, but anyway. Plus, you and me work with the public, and that's always, you know. And I hate to, I love accents. I love Southern accents. I love all kinds of accents. But for some reason, the business world has decided that Midwestern, Northeastern, whatever is the best to go with. Well, back yeah. in my days in tech support, I found that that I had a very bad habit that I didn't ever recognize until after it happened, and that is. If I spoke to a customer with a British accent, I would start to pick up the British accent. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, if well, I'm you know, actually kind of like that. If I sp- there were so many times in mortgage banking, being on the phone all the time, that I attended telecommunications classes, tons mm-hmm. of them, and working on my accent because my father has a very strong Hispanic accent and still does to this day now don't get me wrong you can understand him really well um, him living here most of his life since he's 8 years old so he has a really strong accent but you can understand him Yeah. and I didn't want to have any type of accent now my husband says I do I don't hear it myself. I work very hard at it to make sure that you can't hear it. She she does a little bit, and when she's drunk, she she does a lot. And I tell <laughs> you, there's, everybody, there's yeah. nothing more fun than drunk bath. Oh. <laughs> no doubt. I tend to flash people. We'll, we'll have to have drinks on. We'll have to have drunk. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have drinks on Skype sometime. <laughs> Video Skype. <laughs> I haven't had a drunken woman flash me in too long Uh. oh my gosh when we got married i got pretty drunk by the end of the night i was feeling so good and i got really hot and i had my wedding dress on and under my wedding dress you know i was ready to party yeah (laughs) and i needed air so i lifted up my dress so i could get air (laughs) Nope. And there was a truck driver driving by who looked nice. and did another double take and stayed looking, and I didn't realize how high my dress was. <laughs> so he got a real nice peek of another garter belt <laughs> and a few, uh, well, maybe hardly any underwear. Like <laughs> okay, he didn't cause a crash. <laughs> yeah, my husband says, you're flashing the truck driver. And I immediately put my dress down thinking, oh, my God, what have I done? (laughs) If you're going to flash anyone, though, a truck driver going past that you'll never, ever see again, that's probably your best case scenario. (laughs) Right? He couldn't take pictures while he was doing it, so. (laughs) Oh, who says he didn't have a smartphone up there looking out there? Now, where was the wedding photographer at the time is the question, and does he have some photos that he shouldn't? (laughs) Fortunately not. not. Fortunately, yeah, I, not, don't, no. I don't think he, I don't think anyone caught that other than the truck driver, only because he was up high, you know. 
Yep. <sighs> Gosh, oh, what a mess. Memories. We shall enjoy <laughs> them. <laughs> Where was I here? Oh, anyway, uh, throwing shot glasses, playing piano, falling walkers, it's raining men. <laughs> uh, we go back to the compound and we find Nick has scored the cake for the little girl um, who lost her papa. Um, Alejandro tells Nick that uh, what is happening now is a cleansing, uh, that the dead rose and started walking to their final resting place to deal with people without faith. He shows Nick that their meds are running out quick and that he's been lying to people and he gave the old man, the shot he gave the old man earlier was just saline solution. And he says, this is a test. The dead are walking toward their final resting place and when they leave, when the world has been washed clean of death, we faithful will, will remain. We have been chosen. So Alejandro's got a little revelations on us, apparently. And back to the apocalypse. Cheers. Uh, Strand and Madison are quickly surrounded in the bar. You kind of you kind of skipped something there. You, you skipped what a little point. As Alejandro is talking to Nick, he mm-hmm. let slip his uh, shirt. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yep. And you saw yep. that that spot on him. Wait, like a wait, something has wait, taken wait, a chunk out of. I I want to ask something really quick. Scott, did you think that? that was a bite or did he cut it out i don't know that's that's kind of the big question i mean because he could he could obviously use that and obviously has to gain a position of power and and he's got this you know literally messianic hold over over his followers so that's gonna be you know that's gonna be the test to see whether your theory beth is goes out the window or there's actually something to it. Oh, that if there I, I've got another are actually wrinkle. People, actually, are actually people that can be immune to it in this world. Uh, and it would make sense that there would be. Well, the, here's uh, the wrinkle. Here's the wrinkle. Okay? Mm-hmm. This guy's a pharmacist. Yeah. Okay. Whatever happened when it went down, it happened to him. He is in the presence of all of his drugs. Yeah. You don't think that he is going to sit there and do something crazy? Yeah, just himself. like mainline a bunch of antibiotics or something. Sure, I mean, you know, well, he may have the, the cure himself. And, uh, and so that, but but think about this though, Nick, in the first episode, could very well have died by by an overdose, same as yeah. you know as the girl with him. Rick was in the hospital, in the coma, probably being pumped full of drugs. I'm seeing yeah. I'm seeing a coincidence here that deals with drugs as far as those that seem to be you know seem to have come back or something along those lines. Get even more wiggy with that. Maybe it's drugs that you know maybe it was as we've said before maybe it was a bad batch of heroin that that started all this shit in the first place. Well, that that was something else that we were sitting there thinking about and it, <laughs> yeah. it took us to it it took our conversation to the movie I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. if yeah. Uh, if you watch that uh, the character that that uh, Will Smith was playing was looking yeah, it's for a cancer cure. It was that, a cancer that cure that became everything. viral. Yeah, and yeah, that's what started it. And you sit there and you look at this. So, what did the doctor do, or what did the pharmacist do to save his own life? It was almost like chemotherapy. You yeah, know, or I could I could see him. Maybe he got a smaller bite and actually like. Carved that chunk out of himself, you know. It looked Before like it could spread, when, but it looked we, like a bite. It looked yeah. like a bite. Yeah, we froze the scene and looked at it, and you could see the definition of like teeth marks. 
yeah, around so. it, and then the withering of the flesh in that area too. Yeah. So he so didn't burn it. Uh, it's possible he could have cut it out in the same shape, trying to preserve as much as he could of himself. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. It definitely got my curiosity peaked in this episode. That's for sure. So yeah, um, can't wait to see where that goes because I didn't really expect him to do this. I didn't really expect them to go there, and and is particularly because of what Robert Kirkman has said about this world that we'll never find this shit out. And that's what he said about the walking dead. He didn't say that about fear. No, but I mean, it's got to think same universe, same animal. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, that that in itself would lead you to say one thing that what Alejandro's done is he's put himself in a situation where everybody else is going to die for him. Yeah. Because they have the faith that he is whatever he is. Yeah, and they already are, you know, literally. So, um, yeah, he's definitely set himself up as kind of this religious leader. and As a prophet. Yeah, and as we've seen with many of our religious leaders in contemporary society, a lot of them are just flat out full of shit. So, and For they got sure. a lot of power because of it. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm way intrigued. Um. Yeah, and then like uh, nearly our final scene here is uh, is him leading like a church service almost, a church-like gathering. Um, and some pretty crazy revelations, like talk about them being the chosen ones again, who will survive after the dead cleanse the world, claiming they have. And this got me too, claiming they have all died once, and they are the children of the resurrection. So uh, I'm not real clear on what he meant by that either. That maybe you know has has everyone in this this you know maybe I, I, they're all the Walking Dead maybe they all died and came back like Nick and Rick and I don't know. Well, I'll defer to Beth I on know, her biblical knowledge, but I think it's more of a being born again. Right. Yeah, I think it's more symbolic, but it still's got to make you wonder. Uh, yeah, it's definitely some. I, I know the Bible pretty well too, and uh, the uh, yeah, it's definitely some some hints of revelations and stuff in there Um, because that's what it is i mean the revelation says the dead will come back to life and and be and ascend before everyone else does um so yeah (laughs) yeah that's always you know obviously a go-to plot device you know in in any zombie movie in any zombie story that the dead have you know uh, have risen because the end times are here so right it's not surprising that a whole shitload of people would would start a cult like thing around it um and they're just yeah they're probably all just kicking it there waiting for the actual rapture to happen or whatever yeah exactly because that's basically what happened you know the dead come back and ascend and then the true believers ascend and then all hell breaks loose down here and and some in spirit exactly yeah and then there's a new heaven and new earth and and the faith will come back and and enjoy for eternity so (laughs) Real fun story. Uh, anyway, uh, Nick actually starts chanting along with the crowd. They start their little mantra of uh, from death we come and to death we give ourselves or something to that effect. Was that him buying into it or was that him just going along with I don't it know. to stay? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I didn't feel like it was sincere at first. Uh, I don't think it was sincere at all because he's uh, he was questioning it, questioning it yeah. while he was talking with Alejandro he said to him yeah but you know you're 
you're basically feeding the wall. Yeah. And, you know, and he's questioning that to, uh, what's her name, Lucinda? Yeah, Luciana. Luciana. Luciana, thank you. So he is questioning these people on exactly what are you doing by feeding the dead this way. It's kind of a flip for him because he was the one all gung ho to find people that believe like this. But I, I think he got a little shocked and be like, "Well, I didn't quite expect them to believe like this." Right. So yeah, Nick so might be having second thoughts. Yeah. Right. I, I agree with that. I think he is having second thoughts and doesn't necessarily believe that way. But he's now been threatened. Yeah. Alejandro threatened him that if you don't cut your shit out, we're going to give you to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And so Whether for him to sit there right, and for him to sit there and fake his fake it all like he is saying the words in Spanish, which he probably isn't. <laughs> I mean, would you? Well Nick learned Lo Siento this this episode at least, so his vocabulary has increased by one at least. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> But, and, and we leave the other crew with uh, Madison and Strand looking like they're in a very bad situation, like literally behind the bar, so, you know, looks like freaking happy hour uh, <laughs> in a Manhattan. Made me know. think of the uh, of the bar scene in Desperado for some reason. Well, it's but, a Walker uh, happy hour. <laughs> not, not real sure how they're going to get out of that one, except uh, I think Alicia's going to somehow well, bail. Yeah, the up. daughter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's got, that's, that's no small... And another kind of little plot hole clunky that it didn't look like that many walkers fell from the balconies. There are a shit ton of walkers coming at them. Well, that that they, one that one door that was uh, yeah, and right. the door looked that's like a right. shitload. Yeah, they were they were pressing up against the glass, but not really pressing up against the glass at that point. Yeah, but uh, they could come from where I think it's Ophelia though that's actually going to save Strand and Maddie. Uh, and maybe and I don't then, know where the hell she went. Yeah. yeah, because we know she didn't go down the stairs. And she didn't go off a balcony, presumably. So, so the, apparently the elevators are working too, huh? I, I don't know. That would seem really strange I to me because the place doesn't have power. It had hot water, but I don't think it had power, did it? I I don't think it did. But like I was asking Brian, did it? Because yeah. she was trying to go down the stairs, she couldn't get down there. There so was too much. The light. only other way would have been there was too much light in elevator. the rooms for the. Uh, I mean, even even with the windows all the way open, I don't know that they would have gotten enough light in the rooms if the if the uh, electricity went on, lights weren't on. Because yeah. those rooms seem so bright, and then um, the stuff in the fri the fridge, because it looked like champagne. Yeah. And the champagne would have popped if uh, there yeah, was no power true. going to that. Because um, that champagne wants to be cold. Well, big hotels and stuff like that would have like a main generator backup that you know probably exactly. no those would are, probably those last are, for a while. They wouldn't last that long. They would last uh, just maybe thirty six to forty eight hours. And, yeah. and I say this from experience working in a call center environment. Uh, we worked with the group that that maintained the generators, and they had to constantly be filled with gas uh, to with diesel to to keep yeah. running. And uh, we had to deal with electric companies so that every month we would run those generators for a certain amount of time. But, you know, they would only work for, you know, maybe a few days at most. Yeah. And, I, I mean, yeah. you saw in the, the episode of CDC in the first season of The Walking Dead that um, he had 
near endless supply, and he ran out after just you know a few months. Yeah, but he had a well, lot I, more there. You know? I even have a personal anecdote about that. But we, when I was in radio, we had a major ice storm up in uh, northern New York, knocked out power for literally months. You know, in some places. Mm-hmm. And since we were a radio station, we were deemed like emergency shit. So the military literally brought military freaking generators down to run our radio stations. Yeah. And, you know, those still, they were just huge machines, and, yeah, they needed to be filled pretty regularly, too. So, yeah, they, they wouldn't last that long unless they had some kind of, and, you know, maybe the, maybe they just went off. Maybe it was some kind of switch that went off when they opened the doors again or something. I don't know. Um, we Unfortunately, we can't really rely on these shows to always kind of logically explain what's going on. We just have to suspend disbelief. Right. A lot, yeah, because because that, yeah, there are too many factors there of yeah. of what what they could use. What and that was the other thing: the doors themselves um, were keycard doors, and they run off. Yeah. They they have to run off some kind of power too, don't yeah. they? Or did they run That's off battery? I don't know. Hotel doors really. I mean, are, they, are those things battery powered? Yeah, I guess they could be. They probably. But they would have be. to be programmed at the front desk. Yeah. So I'm thinking of something else. I, I don't know. That's that's uh, any any listener could possibly tell us you know that right there because I don't know it. But it seems there's like a lot there's of so many things the that they're very sloppy about the logic. Are dependent upon uh, power. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you know but, in any hotel, uh, most of the hallways don't go by windows, and so you're not going to have a whole lot of lit hallways in hotels because you want to yeah. have the balcony space. So the hallways yeah. typically go down the middle of the building, or around the inside of a building that you know shows over to the the central piece where you have a courtyard. Yeah, and this is a big flat-ish tower hotel, so I mean it's like one rectangle. It was the yeah. El, El Rosarita yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. And yeah. in, in Tijuana, it's apparently a very famous landmark there. Cool. So. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, next week's going to be interesting because everyone's in a world of shit. Uh, and uh, Nick is just in a world of weird shit. I've got and some spoiler so, information if you want it. Sure. But we got to put a spoiler alert right here. Big spoiler alert for everybody. If you don't want to know this, <laughs> shut off and, and move ahead. Well, I don't like, know what you're about to tell me, so I don't know if well, I want to know I was looking, not. <laughs> I was looking on IMDb because I was really, really curious about this, and I saw mm-hmm. that uh, Ruben Blades has a credit for next week. He had one for this week, too, though, and remember, so did Alex. He doesn't. So I, he doesn't right now. I, he doesn't have a credit no? on there right now. Oh, but he does cool. have credit for, like, the next four episodes, or le- okay. leading up to the, the 15th episode, I think. Yes, but what we don't know is if he's coming back himself or is it flashback? Exactly. Yeah. But it, I don't know. Yeah, IMDP. I, I almost wonder if sometimes they intentionally um, deceive us, <laughs> especially with shows like this. Yeah. Because as I said, Alex was on the the credit. Everyone was on the credit list for this episode, pretty much. Alex and Ruben, I thought. Yeah, maybe and, not. And like last week, uh, when it was just the Nick episode. You know, everybody's name was in the opening credits that, that yeah, um, yeah. we left with at the end of last season. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, again, it could be wrong. 
I, I hope it's not because I did. That was pretty much the best character on the show and, and pretty much the best actor on the show, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would be. I'm sure Ruben gets a little higher of a price tag than a lot of the actors, um, and maybe that's why they had to do away with him, but I'm really hoping not because. He but was... wait, don't we remember that last season and our to- one of our topics of discussion is I. I don't remember if I was asking or if I was telling if he died because right. he he looked like he died because he was caught in the fire. It looked like he was, yeah, just about right? to start burning. It looks there. like he was but ready to go really, home. But yeah. we really don't know that he didn't get out. No. Nor do we know about Celia. And with that huge uh, explosion that happened, we don't know that he didn't make it out of there in time. Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, man. I, I want to see him back. Even if it's like as a crispy zombie, I want to see Ruben Blades back. <laughs> <laughs> that would be greatness. Yeah, why not? <laughs> the singing awesome. crispy zombie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow, I wonder if he'd still have that glare about him that oh, you would, even doubt, regardless oh, that he's a, a walker, he'd still be terrifying as hell. It's all in those eyes, yeah. Right? <laughs> Makes me want to go wow. back and watch Predator 2 now. Oh, that's right. I forgot he was in that. I love that movie, actually. I, I really love it. I don't know if it's, you know, what the, the general consensus is about that. As a, we a, love a, them, oh, too. But... We love 1 well, and 2. You know, it, yeah. and I was telling Beth about this My favorite night. scene is just the friggin' uh, the, the, you know, the Rastafarian drug lord there. <laughs> Can't see the eyes of the demon man until him come calling. <laughs> you know, it, it, we were talking about that last night. Tell me, Babylon. <laughs> we were, we were uh, Predator is on one of the is playing on one of the the pay channels this month, and we got to watch the last last half of it from the time that he fell into the river to the very end. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was sitting there saying, "Man, I really want to watch Predator 2. But the thing about Predator Two uh, is that uh, virtually every one of my friends told me that Predator 2 played like one of my role-playing games that I did back in the that I ran back in the really? 80s. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I ran some seriously crazy stuff. Now, it wasn't Dungeons & Dragons. It was uh, like a superhero comic book kind of thing where I amalgamated the DC, Marvel, First, and Pacific comic universes and just threw my friends in that universe as their own characters that got powers or didn't based on what happened. What system did you use? Did you use champions? Or? No, no system. I did not use any dice. Yes, yeah. I did not use any dice. I uh, we, we created their, their characters much like the Ohatmu, uh, right. you know, it yeah. held the characters. That's the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And I, did, I, I love the second edition of it. And I used that for direction on all the characters I brought in for Marvel. I used Who Who for DC and just... Whatever I was going to use for whatever, if I wanted to bring John Sable in or whatever, and yeah, um, well. but uh, yeah, I would I, I would run them all based on that, and it was easier to do that way than to sit there and work on the dice because I knew I'm not going to kill these guys yeah. unless they get ridiculously stupid to a point where they want to die. Yeah, um, and so you know we we they had these tense moments, they had scary moments. I remember one one friend said he almost pissed his pants. Because nice. of what what we had done, because we're sitting there talking, and I got the music playing, real creepy stuff, and the lights are down low in the apartment that we're at. And we're all sitting there talking, and I'm going through you know the steps are going on, and I'm giving each person what's happening. 
And of course, in this one night when that happened, these two girls break into the door of the apartment that we're in talking, and they'd been crying because they were at a party that got crashed by the police. And so their mascara is running down their faces, and it looks like they've been beaten up. And everybody's already creeped out already, and these girls come in looking like that. And it just really freaked every everybody out, and so it's like wild. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. It was crazy. But the, the thing was, it, it, the games were crazy. And my friends, you know, it's like they compared Predator Two to one of my games, and I thought that was a high compliment. Yeah, absolutely. Love to have you on the. Uh, I'm dying to do a once I get mindless dribble reworked. I, I want to do a role playing episode with Andy Capellish. He's a big D and D head, and still is. And I used to play a bunch of different ones. Um, so I want to get a bunch of people together and, and talk about those things. Did, did I ever tell you about Bingo? I don't think so, no. Bingo is a Dungeons & Dragons story, but um, we had uh, a, a pretty large group and a very uh, demanding dungeon master who made the characters have to say the incantations for their spells. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, so it's like, you know, every spell, you know, had an incantation. Like, the spell fear would be like, if you have ears, run in fear. And yeah. if the others didn't make their saving throw, of course, they'd, you know, run away and you know, all that. And uh, I had a very high-level magic user. And I had gotten so powerful, I actually was capable of using power word kill. Mm, nice. And he goes, well, you have to come up with your power word. Nevada Cadaver. No, I, I actually, I actually said bingo. So, so we're in a situation. I mean, it was it was not unlike Tomb of Horrors, if you're familiar with that particular model. Magic user had a spell, and bingo was its name. <laughs> no, but we're stuck. We're, we were stuck in a situation, and I don't even remember the specific situation. I just remember we were stuck, and we're all trying to figure the way out. And the guy that runs our best fighter goes, I've got it! And he sits there and lays out this quick little plan, and I'm like, bingo! Thinking, you know, it's like, wow, that's a great idea. Yeah, your DM's like, you just killed your no, friend. No, he just looks at me, looks at him, rolls the dice, the fighter dies. <laughs> yeah. And ever since then, uh, you know, my friends would hit me up with, you know, it's like if someone says bingo, someone else says the fighter dies. Nice. <laughs> Just sad role-playing moments. Yeah, many of them myself. I we, know. All yeah. my friends that night learned the incantation for Bigby's insulting hand. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked Otto's irresistible dance myself. <laughs> and my wife like has no idea. Chopping up what an orc that can't stop here. doing a jig. Yeah. Now, now Beth has actually uh, spoken some interest in playing a little Dungeons and Dragons to see what it's all about. And I still have a couple of the books, so I don't know. Excellent. Yeah, because I've never done it. I've never been into anything like that. I would love to get some of these online apps they have now that you know you can do it over the internet with. You know, they've just got everything, like these tabletop simulators. and. You know, another you know. one that I'd done was a, uh, a Star Trek role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And by, that's by far a lot more interesting because it, well, in, in, in a group dynamic because you've got yeah. five, six, seven different people, and you can sit there and say, okay, your helm, your ops, your you know, tactical, yeah. your engineering, you're the captain, you know, everybody's got their own thing. And you're sitting there... You're basically whispering in everybody's ears as, as, as the things that they see themselves, and then you are narrating the whole thing for them and running them through yeah. you know a situation, whether it's first contact or a battle situation or whatever. And 
it's a great way of making use of the dynamics of the, of the people between each other and really seeing who's the leader among them. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. But it's a hard thing to do in, in today's day and age to, to get people around to just sit and talk without someone pulling out their phone or someone wanting to get you know on their computer or whatever. It's, that, mm-hmm. It makes it difficult. I don't know. It's something I want to try again soon, but I haven't done it in a long time. Yeah, me too. I, I bought like a whole shit ton of role-playing games back when I was younger, and unfortunately I never had enough friends to really play much with. So, I mean, I had the DC one, I had the Marvel one, I had Star Trek, I had freaking Gamma World, loved Gamma World. Oh, yeah, and, uh... I, I remember Gamma World. And, yeah, see, yeah. I, I had all those. In fact, I did a an article for some gaming mag locally uh, where I wrote a story uh, reviewing the uh, Star Trek role-playing game and Starfleet Battles. Yeah. And I actually got That's to... That's one I can't believe hasn't made a good resurgence as Gamma World, considering how popular, like, Mad Max and, you know, apocalyptic shit is. I can't believe they haven't well, nurtured that. With... If I remember, in Gamma World, there were a lot of... Um, uh, I would say Star Wars type items or people within the game, and there might be a copy yeah, of infringement. Yeah, droids and maybe yeah. Yeah, and the vibroblade. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. so so there was a lot. I think there may be uh, unless Disney owns it, it's probably not going to see the light of day. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. You can All always right, play well, waste. We got way off you can always play Wasteland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got Wasteland, the sequel there, Wasteland Two, for a while, and that was that was definitely really cool. And we're completely well, totally. Yeah, just let me know when, and I'd like to try to play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. It's fun stuff. I might like it. All right. Well, do, do we have anything else on the episode, though? I mean, sitting there. Th- Not really. Just everyone's in, in deep shit at the end, as you know, is want to happen in these shows, and um, yeah, I'm assuming that next week we're going to get a little. Chris and Travis story. Yeah, they've been missing in action for two yeah. weeks now. So, but if there's any, uh, it wouldn't actually. The way this show goes, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't go back to either Nick or Madison's group at all next week. I bet it's. I almost guarantee it'll be all. I, I didn't get to see a preview, but I have a feeling it'll be like all Chris and Travis next week. Yeah. So yeah, true, true. Probably be unwelcome. That's that's not that was. I, I was a little. I got a little whiplash with this episode. I'll. I'll, I'll I thought it was a little clunky. Because they just did, like, they should have really just, I just thought they went back and forth t- too much. No, they're, you know, they're going to do that next week, more, too. They're going to do that next they, week, too. There's going to be two right. stories going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do, do either of you have any last thoughts about this episode? Very intrigued, and um, I, I think not as all, all is not as, as it seems. And I, I think probably, much as I'd love Beth's, theory to be correct, I have a feeling that Alejandro is pulling the wool over people's eyes with his, his bite mm-hmm. um, just to gain power and that he's going to kind of end up being a big bad of this season. But wait! Uh, now wait a minute because um, Luis, uh Damn, what is her name? Luciana. Uh, Luciana. She saw him get bit. Yeah, that's what she said, unless she just meant that she saw the bite, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that will that will definitely need some further uh, further viewing. I'm sure we're going to see more of that come to light. 
Somebody better start explaining something, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, which would be great so we can finally figure out yeah. <laughs> what's really supposed to be happening now. Yeah. In the meantime, we got our theories out there and you know recorded in stone, so um, yeah. <laughs> now, if I came away with anything in this, I think I came away with that in that that life a little rain must fall. And in this case, <laughs> yeah. it's raining men. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, that, that was that was a good. Hats off to them for for going there because I don't think they've really done anything. Well, they had like the ceiling zombies in an episode of uh, Walking Dead proper, but uh, nothing like them just falling off the balcony. That that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yes, they just was. needed to have a couple more go completely splat and not be able to get up. That's the only nitpick I have about it. You know. You can fall two or three stories and probably still get up if you're a zombie because who cares if your leg bone's sticking out of your freaking skin or not. But, uh, yeah, like past four or five stories, there's not going to be much left to your legs. To They could have done – what they could have done is had a couple just like dragging themselves across the ground, which would have been neat and would have been a little more realistic. Um, but whatever. Um, just keep our fingers crossed that the drunken duo there get out of it and, and start hooking up. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. No offense, but <laughs> we, we you've been written out and uh, we're shipping uh, Strand and, and Madison now. So, <laughs> hey, actually, could be a you know we could get a, a Madison Strand uh, Travis threesome. We're Why on not? the Matter train. Yeah, right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <clears throat> oh man. Now, All right, kids. Oh, as ahead. for me. I, I get to go, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just I'm making sorry. sure you're not going to cut me off. No, <laughs> well, I have more than just one complaint, which is the complaint that the blood situation, uh, the inconsistencies that they have yeah. about that, that bothered me. Um, the scene with the in the hotel with them not staying as a team to clear out the hotel or at least a floor yeah. or two that bothers me <coughs> um, sorry there's the whole problem with the the bite you know they didn't show it enough if they're going to show it talk about it a little you know let us know a little bit about it I gotta think it's coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, though, you know the guy that um, that was the Mexican breakfast very early on. <laughs> why didn't they take a little pains to actually show that he was bit somewhere? Because they didn't do that. They just said, "Oh yeah, he's dying." You know, that's all. So that's why he's gonna. Yeah, go I don't there. think it's necessarily that you you were bit by the infected. Did they actually state that? I thought it was just generally people that were in very bad health. And didn't think that, you know, because Zalajandro is not a doctor. He's just a pharmacist. So right. I mean, there's going to be some people he's just like, I can't save you, dude, you know. Yeah, but they. And especially it, if they're all out of antibiotics and stuff. Yeah, so. but it would make more sense to put the old guy out there. Yeah, yeah, than, than that guy who's got the little daughter. I mean, if, if he's just got, you know, some, you know, some sickness, cancer or something else. But if yeah. he's, the thing is, he looked sweaty. He looked like someone that was infected and eventually was going to die. And if that was the case, they should have, you know, they should have shown a bite or they should have shown a wrapped up bloody part of, a, you know, his arm or, or something. 
and yeah. it, I, I didn't notice it, you know. And that, and or so maybe it, maybe he just pissed Alejandro off, and Alejandro's like, "You got to take the walk of shame, or I'll send your daughter too." You know, you, you got to do it. You got to be quiet about it. And I don't play think the that game. she is that cold. I, I don't think that she is that cold. She's she is a cold customer, that's for sure. But I, you don't get the idea. In fact, based on her reaction to Nick. No, Alejandro, I'm saying. Maybe he pissed oh. him off and broke some rule of the compound, and Alejandro was like, you're done, you know, and well, if you let me throw something else make out. any waves about it, we'll kill your daughter, too. Maybe it's that they don't believe in feeding the dead people who are sick. You have to be well, and that's just from a religion standpoint. That could be too, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what? Yeah, if they're sick, they can't be fed to the dead because we don't feed um, anyone who is infected to the dead because we respect the dead. Yeah, that I, I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up being it, and that that like they're just telling Nick the story about you know the weak people, because again, why wouldn't you send the old guy, you know, as right. opposed to this guy? Um, so yeah, they may be lying to Nick just to kind of keep him happy, and 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 maybe it is, maybe it's some agreed thing that we just sacrifice someone every now and then, you know. So. Yeah, because if you keep them fed, they're not going to try to break through the walls. Right, right. And that's their whole logic behind it. Yeah, very well. Um, that or it's the Z World War Z issue. They won't eat the dead. But we know that's not true because in the episode where the walking dead was in the compound uh, of the uh, jailhouse, they had all of those that were in the infirmary or Carol was taking care of them and she felt that they were wasting resources so she ends up killing them and then they get fed to the walkers eventually they still eat them so it's just a thought that what if they're trying to go that direction I don't know I like the religious idea better than the World War Z where they don't eat the infected don't go after someone who's sick who's sick yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm game I'm still invested Definitely. The mysteries abound, and I want the answers, damn it. So do I. (laughs) They better give them to us before they're canceled or something. (laughs) Oh, man. Don't say that. Oh, they're they're already (laughs) greenlit for a third season, so we got that much to look forward to, at least. Um, I I haven't even checked, like, how it's doing in the the ratings or anything. I I, I don't think AMC really cares that much about that. I mean, they just kind of have, you know, they have faith in their shows, and they, they know they'll probably make a good chunk of money off DVDs and stuff, and I think they're just trying to get them all into syndication. So, um, yeah. It'd just be nice if they maybe spend a little more money on stuff and tighten up the writing a little bit, and I think that would help the ratings. Um, they help, you know, keep viewers happy. Uh, both Walking Deads need to do that a little more often. Uh, but uh, I'm happy to announce, I um, should probably do a little housekeeping business. I don't think we did this, I didn't know we talked about it a little bit last episode, but we kind of have confirmation now that, that we are going to be able to talk about The Walking Dead proper on this show, and I, I've checked with the, the higher-up mucky mucks, 
and um, we won't be stepping on Walking Dead Wednesday's toes because they're not anywhere near like season seven yet. So we are at least going to do a fairly immediate after show reaction to the return of uh, the regular Walking Dead when that comes around. And um, we'll probably maybe even cover maybe the rest of the season if you guys are feeling froggy. So we shall see. I am so froggy. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love The Walking Dead, so I am down. Well, I think think the plan is how we're going to do it for you folks out there in audience land is we're going to do one show between the end of uh, the season of Fear the Walking Dead and the other one starting up. We're going to do at least one show where kind of the three of us or whoever else wants to join this crazy crew um, kind of just talk about The Walking Dead up to this point and our experience with it and, you know, our predictions for, like, the upcoming season. And you guys will have to tell me to shut up because I'm a comic reader and I'll try to spoil shit for you. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, and then we'll do the actual, you know, episode. As said, as soon as we had talked about doing it live for you somehow and, and we, Beth decided that she might get a little too emotional. I hope I'm not telling tales true. out of school there. No, um, that is so true. And I, I probably will get too emotional, but it'll probably, you know, she might cry, but I'll just, like, be screaming the F word several hundred times in a row. So that's no good for podcasting. I say it enough already. Um, so we're going to we'll give ourselves a little chill time and have a cup of nice chamomile tea or something after the episode, and then we'll get together and talk about it and, and do the group hug and, and see where yeah, it goes. Yeah, so at. it'll still be fresh. I just won't be crying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those things we're going to have to check in with each other each hour to sit there and say, good now? No. Yeah? yeah. No. Okay. Well, just give it a little while. Uh, just to, to say something about our, one of our evil overlords, uh, Chris Honeywell, one of the, the original Two True Freaks, I told him about this idea. And he was he was all for, uh, you know, us recording you blatting your eyes out live because he was, he's an evil bastard like that. It's um, <laughs> like, oh, that'd be gold. I'm like, yeah, it probably would be, but I'm not going to ask somebody to do that. <laughs> well, I don't mind doing it. The thing is, is that yeah. Brian worries that... <laughs> Because I usually get so invested, it gives me a headache yeah. when, I, when no, I cry I, I like would, that. No, I would never. No. And the problem is, is that not that I'm crying; it's that I'm invested in that particular character, and it upsets me so much. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And but so, unless the Demonicore goons come knocking on my door and demand that we do it that way, I, I'm okay with you know after the fact. But honestly, that's usually <laughs> when I'm caught off guard. Yeah. I know that someone's dying when they come back, so yeah. I'm probably going to be shaken up, but I'm probably going to be okay. Yeah. Well. Not unless they go and kill off a character I'm not expecting them to kill off. And I have a few characters in in thought process that this is who they're going to choose. Yeah. And to catch us off guard, if they choose anyone else other than the two or three I'm thinking, then <laughs> it's I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. I think that if you want to do the first episode back right, I think what you have to do is maybe get uh, Chris Honeywell to come on and do the synopsis like he does the goddamn comic book reports. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see if he does. I don't even know if he's caught up. I think he kind of gave up on the show himself maybe about... 
you know, last season. So I don't even know if he's caught up, but I'll, I'll definitely pitch it to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just a thought. I mean, it's I always love listening to the book reports. So yeah, oh yeah, Beth yeah. has never heard one. He, he's the best at what he does, and what he does isn't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, folks, uh, let's wrap this up. And uh, kids, this has been another Fear the Walking Dead cast. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back with you again next week. Beth and Brian, take a bow. Bow. You can't see them take a bow. They're bowing. Trust me. Uh, Yeah, let me do this right. Hold on. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Bowed right into the microphone. Good job. Clunk. There we go. Yep. But it, but it, but it. That's all, folks. Thanks.
Miss Grady, weren't you once the caretaker here? Why, no, sir. I don't believe so. You, uh, married man, are you, Mr. Grady? Yes, sir. Hmm? I have a wife and, uh, two daughters, sir. Hmm? And, uh, where are they now? Oh, they're somewhere around. I'm not quite sure at the moment, sir. Mr. Grady, you were the caretaker here. I recognize you. I saw your picture in the newspapers. You, uh, chopped your wife and daughter up into little bits. And, uh, then you blew your brains out. I don't have any recollection of that at all. Mr. Grady, you were the caretaker here. I'm sorry to differ with you, sir. But you are the caretaker. Always been the caretaker. I should know, sir. I've always been here. <laughs> 